I invite you to turn in the scriptures to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. Our focus is verses 15 through 17, but for some context, we'll begin reading in verse 9. As we just sang in that psalm of preparation, God wants us to have that content spirit, that humble heart before him, just like a child is with his mother. We could even see that this morning with little Joelle, uh, with Danae, just content and close. That's what God desires from us as his church to be resting in Jesus Christ. And we hear of that in our scripture passage this morning. Again, our focus is verses 15 through 17, but for some context, I'll begin reading in verse 9. This is the holy word of God. Now to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all that I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, people were also bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him, and said, let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. This is the word of the Lord. Well, here in our text, beloved, we have one of the most vivid and warm pictures of our Lord Jesus when he was on earth. When he was here inviting children to himself and taking them up one by one into his arms. Uh, this is the kind of picture that might remind us of a grandfather with all of his grandchildren around the fireplace on his favorite chair, you know, picking up his grandchildren, reading them a story. It's a kind and tender moment. Here we see Christ's love and Christ's mercy for the least of these. But you notice, beloved, it's not all warm and tender feelings. We also see Jesus become angry with his disciples for hindering these children. And we hear this strong word of warning directed to his own followers. This passage is both heartwarming and it's heart-searching. Because in our text this morning, beloved church, Jesus is telling us about the nature of his kingdom and how it is that we receive the kingdom that he brings. And so today we want to consider the nature of Christ's kingdom and what children teach us about entering that kingdom. And the first thing that we see as we make our way through this text, the first movement is this. We see the hope of divine blessing. That's the first thing that we see, the hope of divine blessing in verse 15. Here we see parents, as we learn from other Gospels accounts, they're presenting their children to Jesus. 
Now, in Jesus' day, it was quite normal for a parent uh, to bring their children to a great man of God, uh, to be prayed over and even blessed. You remember in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, how even our Lord Jesus, as a baby, was brought to the temple by Mary and Joseph. You might remember there in the temple, Simeon took Jesus up into his arms, and he blessed Christ, and he even blessed God for the salvation that had come in the Messiah. Well, here in our text, it seems, especially from the context, that these are indeed babies, are very small children, because notice they have to be brought. They have to be brought by someone else. And according to Mark's account of this gospel, Jesus takes these babies into his arms. You know, during the Christmas season, you'll see at the mall uh, many parents lining up, right, to present their children to Santa Claus, right? And there, maybe at the mall, you'll see Santa Claus with a child on his lap asking them what they want for Christmas. What kind of gift do you want? Well, here we might have perhaps a similar picture, uh, but the purpose is very, very different. These parents are presenting their children to Jesus in order to receive a very different kind of gift that is far more important. They have brought them to Jesus in order to receive divine blessing. Notice they brought him to Jesus, these children, so that they might be touched. That's important, that they might be touched. Throughout the Gospel of Luke, if you've been reading this Gospel up until this point, you would be reading many accounts of how Jesus' touch brings blessing. Let me read a couple passages. Luke chapter 4, verse 40 says that there were many who were sick and who had various diseases. And they were brought to Jesus and were told he laid his hands on every one of them and he healed them. Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 16 recounts a leper who fell on his face before Jesus and he implored Jesus, please make me clean. And we see Christ's response there in Luke 5. He put out his hand and he touched him saying, I will be clean. Luke chapter 8, verse 44 through 46 speaks of a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years and she came and she touched just the edge of Jesus' garment and was healed. And Jesus said this in Luke 8, Who touched me? For I perceive that power has gone out from me. You see, in Luke's gospel, when you come into contact with Jesus, something happens to you. There is power in the touch of Christ. And we see people in Luke's gospel understand this reality about Jesus, and they come and they lay all kinds of needy people before his feet to be touched. And here in our text, these parents believe in the power of Christ's touch. And so they're eagerly bringing their children to Jesus to be blessed by them. They're hoping for divine blessing. And that's what we see even this morning with our dear brother Dave and Janae. Danae. They have presented little Joel for holy baptism, believing and trusting and praying that God is able to confer upon her blessing. And as a church, this is what we're praying for. This is what we're believing with them, that God would make known his promises personally to little Joel. And that's what we see first, the hope of divine blessing as they're bringing their children. But notice second, in the same exact verse, we see our second movement, the hindrance of the disciples. The hope of divine blessing, but then the hindrance of the disciples. 
We're told that they rebuked these people who were bringing the children to Jesus. Now, children were not very important members of society during the time of Christ, right? In ancient world, children did not have a great status. They were more or less just to be in the background. Even today, children, you might feel that way in your own home. Sometimes the saying goes like this, children should be seen, not heard. So it makes sense, maybe, why the disciples rebuked these children in trying to come to Jesus. Perhaps they think, you know, this is Jesus. He's too busy for this group of people, right? Children have too low a status to come before the Messiah. Besides, Jesus is traveling, Jesus is preaching, Jesus is healing people, he's doing miracles. He doesn't have time for children. They might be thinking the Messiah's got enough on his plate. We too can fall into this way of thinking. Not only can we fall into looking at our children as an inconvenience or as a distraction from the more important work of life, but we can reject caring for and serving the least of these in Christ's church because caring for children is not always glamorous. Christ is revealing to us, though, that the kingdom he brings, beloved, it's marked by humility and not by outward, attractive, glorious tasks that the world values. What does the hindrance, think about this, what does the hindrance of the disciples reveal about their view of Christ's kingdom? The disciples, you see, had slowly bought into the view that Christ's kingdom is concerned with important people and important matters that the world values. Speaking engagements with the elite, right? Meetings with Herod, popular religious debate in the public square. Their pride kept them from understanding the true nature of Christ's kingdom. But you see, Jesus pushes against the pride that is in our own hearts and how we expect his kingdom to be. And we are reminded by Jesus to be great in his kingdom means to be a servant of all. To make an impact for Jesus, beloved, means to be faithful in the small things, in the hidden things, in the ordinary mundane things like caring for children, working your job, praying in secret, discipleship of other people. And so notice Jesus' response. We see the hope of divine blessing, we see the hindrance of the disciples, and then now we see the hot indignation of the Savior. Mark's account in chapter says, uh, 10 says that Jesus became indignant with them. The anger of Jesus that so often burned against the Pharisees is now directed at his own disciples because they too are distorting the grace of God. They're misrepresenting Christ's kingdom. We learn from Jesus that it's no small thing to keep from Christ those that he freely welcomes to himself. Indeed, it is a sin to keep children from Jesus because he freely welcomes them to himself. Now, this does not believe, mean that our, our Baptist brothers and sisters are not Christians. But we do see here, beloved, that it is a very serious error to keep from Jesus those that he welcomes to himself. Right in every covenant of the Bible, from the old to the new, we see God always includes believers and their children. And the question is, when we come to the new covenant in Christ's blood, which is more expansive, universal in its scope, 
does God now change his mind in including those, or in, in taking out those whom he once included? As we heard from Acts 2 in our form, uh, the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God will call whom, to himself. Now in the New Testament, we see Jesus model something different. He welcomes the children to himself to receive blessing. The Apostle Paul, when he writes letters to the church, he addresses children in the church. He doesn't make a distinction between those who profess faith and not profess faith, but he says to all children, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And this is because they are part of God's covenant community. As Calvin writes, How unjust shall we be if we drive away from Christ those whom he invites to him, if we deprive them of the gifts with which he adorns them, if we exclude those whom he freely admits. And see, beloved, this applies to not only baptism, but also to the worship service of God. Right? In some churches, children never actually get to participate in the worship service, but are, you know, led to a different room where they could color or do some kind of activity to keep them busy. But that's not the heart of God, beloved. Children are invited to be at the feet of Jesus. He is welcoming children to himself because he has a blessing for them. Children, do you realize that Jesus has time for you? That he has a blessing for you even in this service? You know, I confess, sometimes as parents, we don't always have time for our children. Right? Sometimes we're, we're trying to just finish a task and, you know, maybe even prepare a sermon or do something that we think is really important and our children are tugging, Mom, Dad, I need your help or I need you or I want to tell you something or can you do this? And, and we just don't always have time because we just want to finish one thing, right? But here, beloved, we see Jesus has time for the children. We not only see his indignation towards his disciples, but then we see in verse 16, another thing, the welcoming arms of the Savior. The welcoming arms. Let the little children come to me. Beloved, here we see the compassion and love of Christ, not only for children, but for those in the category that we might call the least of these. Those that our culture doesn't value very much. And we see that in the gospel. Jesus has time for the outcast, the marginalized, the broken, the needy, He's not too busy for our children. Yes, caring for children is costly and it's draining. It's one of the hardest works that you can do as a human being, but it's one of the highest callings that God placed upon us as a church. Because in raising children, we are nurturing worshipers of the one true God. One of the greatest ways that we can love the least of these is by caring for God's children. Well, maybe we could ask the question, as we think about children coming to Jesus, what qualifies a child to come? What qualifies them to come? It's not their innocent and pure nature that qualifies them. That's how we tend to think of children, you know, in Western culture, a bit angelic and innocent and pure. They're no doubt beautiful creations of God. But the reason they are welcome to Jesus is because they show what it is like to receive the kingdom he brings. They have a natural trust and dependence on their parents and on those over them. And Christ invites them to himself because people like them put his grace on display. What do I mean by that? Well, think about it. Even when we were helpless infants, unable to do anything that would merit God's love or favor, 
He drew near to us to pledge his love. That's 1 John 4. We love because he first loved us. And what a glorious picture that is in baptism, that in this time of utter weakness, when we're small and dependent, and when we have nothing to offer God but our own sin, God comes and he shows us grace. That's Romans 5, verse 6. For while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that's what we see in baptism. It's a picture of the gospel. You see, although parents take vows to honor God by raising their children for the Lord, parents or the church, we are not the primary actors in baptism. But God is. And in baptism, God is dedicating himself to our children, pledging his faithfulness and his grace. And so Jesus says, don't hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. He has a blessing for them. And so we see the welcoming arms of the Savior. And our final thing, beloved, we see in verse 17, the words of warning from the Savior. The words of warning. Notice Christ maybe looks up from the children. You could picture him in a setting like this, looking up from the children. And he looks out to his disciples and to all who are listening. And he says these words. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom like a child will never enter it. That word truly is the word amen. In other words, you could take this saying to the bank. If you don't receive the kingdom like a child, you cannot enter. And here again, beloved, we get a glimpse into the nature of Christ's kingdom. How is it received? It's received through humility. And when it comes to Jesus' kingdom, he resists those who are proud, but he gives grace to those who are humble. Look at the context with me, beloved, as we see what surrounds this passage. I read the first thing for us, which is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. That comes before the children. And notice in that parable, why does Jesus tell it? He says, because there were some who were trusting in themselves that they were righteous. And so God tells this parable about this proud church-going man, right, who prays and who thanks God that he is a good guy, right? I'm not like this sinner, but I give my tithe, I pray, I fast. But then there's this tax collector who simply prays, God, be, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus says, only one of those guys went home from church right with God. And it was the tax collector. And why is that? Verse 14. For everyone who exalts themselves will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now look at the account after the little children. What happens after that? It's the account of the rich young ruler. And in that account, you also have a man who trusts in his own righteousness before God that he is okay. And Jesus gives him the law to show him that he's not okay, but the guy still says, hey, all of these I've kept from my youth. Again, he doesn't see his need for a savior. You see, in both of these accounts, you see a man who is trusting in his own righteousness for God, people who don't understand grace. And the disciples were subtly allowing that kind of thinking to govern their own hearts as they hindered the children. But what does Jesus do? Our text is bookended with these accounts of self-reliance and self-righteousness. And right in between, sandwiched in between, 
we see Jesus bring up some children because he's showing us what it looks like to receive the kingdom. You must receive it like a child. Again, it's not a child's pure lifestyle that makes them an example of grace. It's found in how they receive God's kingdom. Children have no resumes or accomplishments to give to God. They have no job titles, no initials before their name, no social status that can merit God's favor. Think about this. Even coming to Jesus wasn't their idea, but they had to be brought. And God took the initiative. A covenant child demonstrates that entrance into the kingdom is found in simple trust and dependence upon God for divine blessing. They are emptied of all self-reliance with nothing in their hands to offer God, and therefore they are in the right position to be recipients of grace. Beloved, what is your view of Christ's kingdom today? Have you entered the kingdom of God like a child? Jesus says this, Truly I say to you, It's the only way in. The only way to come into Christ's everlasting kingdom is to be brought by grace to see that you are just a beggar before the grace of God, before his throne, but that he gives you all that you need to be right with him. Today, in a very important way, we all need to become like little Joel at the baptism font. We need to become needy. We need to become poor. We need to become emptied of all self-reliance and self-righteousness so that we can receive freely everything that Jesus offers to us in the gospel. This is why we enter the kingdom. We're not to be childish in our walk with God with no backbone, right? Always being tossed to and fro by every teaching of this world. No, we need to grow up in the faith. We need to drink in the milk of God's word and be nourished in our souls. There's a difference between being childish in our walk with God and being childlike in our faith in Christ. But here's the main point. That journey of Christian maturity cannot begin unless you have first entered the kingdom like a child. Everyone must enter the same way. Therefore, beloved, let us humble ourselves today before the mighty hand of God, asking him to remove every obstacle in our hearts that keep us from experiencing his grace in order that we might receive Christ and all of his blessings. He welcomes us today. His arms are still extended, welcoming all who will repent of their sin and trust in him. May we know the touch of Christ's grace today. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we pray that you would grant us grace today to become like little children, to become needy, independent, looking outside of ourselves to you for all that we need to be made right with God. We thank you for the love that Jesus has for the least of these. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that even today your arms are still extended to all who will become like children, for all who would turn away from their sin and simply trust that you are the God who provides everything that we need for salvation, that you're the one who will bring us home. Father, we pray that you would work these things in our hearts by your spirit, 
And for those who are here, even in our midst, covenant children or adults who have not yet trusted personally in the Savior, let today be the day that they see themselves as spiritually poor and needy, that they might take hold of Christ and might know the joy of entering the kingdom of God by your grace. Hear our prayers, Lord. Do only what you can do by your glorious power. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.